everyone, and welcome back to Free Kick Fantasy W Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and today we are getting into the giants of the competition. Not the GWS giants, but our rucks. I'm very excited to chat about this final part of our teams. It's one that is, I think, a fairly interesting discussion. It's only the one player that you need to select on field and one that you need to select on your bench, but it has such large implications for the rest of your team structure. So excited to get stuck into it. Before we do that, I might quickly just check in with our other hosts. Liam, how you doing? G'day, Jono. I am excellent. Keen to talk about a line that has taken up far too few minutes in our team breakdowns and is just ripe for a bit of leverage, I reckon. Kind of nailing a strategy is the most important thing, I'd say, in rucks, more than actually the player that you pick. Yeah, we've had a lot of discussion. We've touched on, on the ruck of every single team, so... I reckon we're a good chance today to talk you out of your rookie ruck strategy, but we'll we'll see how we go. Mel, how are you doing? I am good. I'm well. Excited to come into this one because I don't really know what I'm doing with my rucks yet. I've kind of tossed up a few times, so I'm wondering if uh, I'll get convinced of one strategy or another in this episode. Yeah, no, it's definitely an uncertain line. Finally, we have Will. Will, you've just come back from the Kia Bears final. I have, and once again, the women's resis have taken the W, so very, very happy this morning. <laughs> no, it's always always nice to get the win and, and move into the next final. But look, let's get stuck into it. We actually have a lot less rocks to, to get through than any other line, so we might start off as we usually do, but rather than going through our top five rocks, let's, let's take it a little bit back. We've only got to pick one on field, but let's discuss our top three options today. So, Will, you've prepared a little bit of a list for us here. Yeah, so in terms of the rucks, there's a couple that last season in particular were, were heads and shoulders above of the rest. And the main one that you can look at is Brown Moody, average 72 in Season 6. Uh, looks likely to be, again, the top-priced and the top-averaging ruck in the competition. Uh, and the other one would be Gabby Seymour, but we'll have a bit of a discussion about her in a second because there are a few red flags there. Why don't you start us off chatting about Brianna Moody? You've picked... Probably the most consistent ruck that we're going to see in our teams. Why have you got her at number one? Yeah, she's number one simply because she will almost guaranteed be the highest averaging ruck in the competition. She, her ability to cover the ground, get the marks and the kicks, and get those extra disposals alongside being a, an excellent uh, hit-out getter means that her ability to, to hit those high scores consistently is really, really good and better than any other ruck in the competition. I'm just having a look at some of her scores from last season. She had three scores of 77, two of 71 and one of 70. I think her highest to lowest score, the range was only about 20 points. It's a phenomenal level of consistency for someone at the at the national level. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the consistency that you, you absolutely love to see. Uh, it does mean that she comes in at a high price and probably isn't going to drop much in price. It, it does mean that if you do decide to pay up for the best ruck in the competition you are going to be getting that value. You love to see it if you have her. You hate to see it if you don't. That's the problem, right? You probably don't have her because AFLW fantasy in all fantasy games is a question of relative value. Are you going to overperform relatively relative to what your value is in the game? At no point did Brianne Moody ever overperform, nor did she ever underperform. This is a game about trying to leverage the fact you have a limited pool of cash. Brianne Moody is excellent, but she never gets cheap because she is always consistent. At no point are you getting better. Yeah, but you don't need every player to get better. Sometimes just taking a, you know, set and forget, getting your 70 every week is fantastic. It's the value in the scores, not in the money. That's the problem. Mm. And I guess the thing is, 
even if she's not getting better, if she stays the best, you're still paying for the best. So it's 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 paying up for for a lot of it, it's a, it's a lot of money to pay on someone that is probably not going to average a huge amount more than some of the other rocks we'll talk about, which is why I personally would be hesitant to do it in the in the vein that you're saying, Liam. But I can definitely see why people would pay up for Brianne Moody. Yeah, one interesting comparison I like to look at with these rucks when we're considering um, these premiums is because they are quite expensive, what else could you get for that money? So kind of looking across at the midfielders, the 120 range is probably about like a, a Beck Webster. So a very good player who, like, you know, has a higher ceiling, but th- there comes a little bit more risk with that maybe than the set and forget. So I think it's really all kind of fits into how your strategy is. If you play for Brianne Moody, you're not going to get above 80. But for the same amount of money, you can grab Beck Beeson, who is unders what she has averaged in the past because she comes in at a discount. And we've seen that she can hit 100. Brianne Moody has never never gets that high. The other thing I really like about her, though, is she has role consistency. Like When we get to some of these other rucks, some of them are sharing positions and sharing those hit-out points. But she's going to be the one that's getting the hit outs for Carlton so you'll know you're going to get at least at least 20 points there just on that each game and then obviously more on top of it so I think she is a really attractive option and to me if you're going for the elite ruck route then she's a she's a great option for that and it comes down more to strategy rather than um if someone does want to go the set and forget option which I think Brand Moody is is certainly the player to pick for then yeah, there's there's no red flags looking at that role, and importantly in the practice game, she was she was her own force. Like Carlton was just being dominated by Melbourne, but the few times that they were able to get that ball inside fifty, she was a wall on her all on her own. Every time the ball was being kicked out of there, it was fifty fifty whether Moody would mark it or a Melbourne player would mark it. There was no <laughs> other player that was doing anything there. And I think the other thing we've talked about this in some of the other lines, but if you genuinely think that Brianne Moody could be a ruck that averages ten points more than any other player. You've got a point of difference there that, yes, you're paying more for, but you're always going to win on that line. So that's something else to throw into your strategy if that is something that you are thinking of doing. Do we want to jump onto Gab Seymour? Because I think this is the other comparison point up in the premium ruck options. When we say that Moody has the role consistency, to me, Gabby Seymour may not. And I'd love to hear a bit more about what you think there, Will. Yeah, Gabby Seymour was uh, really jumped out of the blocks last season to establish herself as that number two ruck in the in the fantasy competition. Uh, but one thing, as you say, Jono, is that she did spend a bit of time co-rucking with Poppy Kelly, and that's something that we saw in the practice matches and something likely to continue going forward. So I guess to, to throw up a Liam red flag there, dual rucks is not great for fantasy scoring. I think Seymour is good enough around the ground and with the rest of the things that she does that she will still be a good scorer but you may be seeing her drop from maybe a 68 last season to maybe a 60 which probably if you're dropping value is not the greatest thing to do if you're looking for a starting ruck yeah she said in her interview that she's coming to that undersized ruck role and to me I could really I didn't really know what that meant when I heard it as such but then I really saw it when uh in the game against Richmond and Hawthorne in the preseason games, when um, Seymour was up against Tamara Luke, who's just an absolute powerhouse, her size really uh, was prominent, and you could see that she was just a little bit smaller, potentially a little bit weaker, I guess, in the hitouts. I think she's she's a fantastic person, and I love chatting with her. But I'm not sure if if I was going the premium rack role or premium rack route rather that I would 
be picking Seymour, unfortunately. I fully agree that Seymour comes with too many red flags to pick this season, but I will just give her one tiny little green one, which is, again, this is a bit of a bingo point, point, but a bit more wet weather footy, a bit more contested footy. Gabby Seymour basically operates as another midfielder because, as she talked about in her episode, she makes her way around the ground faster than pretty much every other ruck in the comp, and she has a better endurance throughout the game than pretty much every other ruck in the comp. I think Seymour would be an excellent pick in draft, but I don't think she's a pick in classic. So I'm hearing that there's quite a few red flags, but potentially a little green flag in the middle. Would you say that she's a bit of a Maldives flag? Wow. Wow, that is a deep cut. (laughs) Oh, that is is delightful. Delightful. But what's the white bit in the middle? She's a rolling moon. <laughs> that represents her midfield time, Liam. <laughs> um, one thing I will say is that when Poppy Kelly came into the team in round six, uh, from that point on, Seymour scored two 80s, but then didn't uh, go on to score a score above 60 for the final three rounds. Her last five average while Poppy Kelly was in the team was 64, so not too much less than what she averaged for the previous uh, six rounds but I'd just be concerned with the way she tailed off towards the end of the season with Poppy Kelly gaining a bit more of a role I I think that her ability to cover the ground means that she could probably be in store for a a role change potentially which might help as well but I'm hesitant with that dual rucking at Richmond yeah it did seem in this game against the the Hawks that she was potentially sitting up forward when she wasn't in the ruck lineup and that you know with with the performance that we saw from Richmond could be a good thing because they looked a very very strong side in that match and could continue into this season but sitting forward is not always the the best fantasy role that you can have anyway I think those are I suppose our top two rucks that we've called out there as our our most premium line but there's a few a little bit cheaper a little bit just below that that we've been considering for our teams Will who who just missed out on the selection there for you yeah, Lauren Pierce is probably the other one. Uh, she was 10 points lower than Gabby Seymour, so an average of 58. Reasonably consistent, scoring around about that 60 to 70 mark a few times as well with some big scores, of a 95 in there. Um, probably a, a decent, cheaper option, I suppose, if you want a premium ruck but don't want to break the bank for Brianne Moody. Um, and then there's a spate of sort of younger rucks that, that tend to follow as well. Just just one quick thing before we move on from Lauren Pierce. She is a ruck who is not nearly as consistent as someone like a Brianne Moody. And so if she has a run of games where she has lower scoring for whatever reason and then regains permanent mid uh, ruck roles, she could be an upgrade target if you go with rookie rucks. Just a little flag there. But yeah, after her, there's, there's a, a lot of young rucks that we're expected to just sort of keep going along that sort of mid-50s role. One of them could end up jumping up into the sort of 60 to 70 role, but we can't really tell at this stage. So you've got Tali Hickey from Brisbane, who averaged 57. Caitlin Gould from Adelaide, who averaged 54, but we'll talk a bit about why she might be an option shortly. Uh, Mim Strom from Freo averaged 53. But the one that's really causing a lot of interest amongst our circles, and Jono, you can talk to this, is Brianne Moody's sister, Celine Moody, at the Bulldogs. Yeah, I've been very, very hot on Celine Moody, and the practice game that she had against the Giants has 
if anything excited me more, she was everywhere. I think she was taking, she was definitely sharing her ruck time, which was really unfortunate with Alice Edmonds. But honestly, it didn't matter because when she went in the forward line, she would have taken six or seven marks up there in addition to the ones she was taking around the ground as a ruck. She was tackling, uh, you know, running past for the, the easy handball so that she could kick it inside 50. I was, I was really impressed with her game. She was up against one of the, the rookie rucks in the competition in Fleur Davies who looks like she'll be solo rucking at GWS, and we'll, we'll talk about her in a little bit. But yeah, in, in the ruck contest, was was dominant, um, throwing, throwing her body weight around, and, and really, there was no stopping her that entire day. Yeah, she certainly looks like she can take her game to the next level and join her sister in that upper band of the rucks. So for a good 30 grand cheaper than, um, than her sister Brianne, that's a, a really solid option to to go if you do want to pick a non-rookie ruck i think celine and i know i was hot on rookie rucks but celine moody is a very very tempting option because not only is brianne moody her sister they are twin sisters but importantly celine took four years of football before she got drafted to the western bulldogs and as each year got better and better and better and in the back end of last year looked to be averaging in the 60s she moves around around the ground a lot has a lot better ability to do that than Alice Edmonds, the kind of second ruck, uh, who has very low time on ground as well at the Dogs. I am hotter now on Celine Moody than I was before the preseason, not only because she looked amazing, like Jono said, but because a lot of the rookie options were all dual rucking, which is a bit of a red flag for me. It's got me even more excited looking at it, is the first, I suppose, four rounds that she's going to be playing for the Bulldogs. They play the Giants, who run a rookie ruck. They play Port Adelaide, who run a rookie ruck. They play Fremantle, who have Mim Strom, who is up and coming, but still quite young. And then they play Hawthorne, who are probably going to be running with Lucy Wales in the ruck. So that is that is three rookie rucks in her first four games. And what we saw her do last weekend against, you know, Fleur Davies, who she'll play in round one, was just enormous. Yeah, absolutely. And... and- to, to speak to what you said about her finishing the year, she finished the year with a last five average of 66 with a low of 60 and a high of 75. That's pushing up to Brianne Moody levels of consistency. So I think this is a fantastic option and one that if you aren't going to run a, a rookie ruck is almost almost the only pick unless you want to go straight up to Brianne Moody. But yeah, there are a few other mid-priced options that we do see a bit of value in. I think two that... I'm quite interested in one you've been particularly interested in in the past, Liam, is Eden Zanka, who could be absolutely anything, has shown at times that she can score massive scores, but also some absolute stinkers. Yeah, I I get so frustrated, and I expressed this frustration in the Melbourne episode with Eden Zanka, because there is no one in AFLW who has the ability to dominate a game one week and then do the square root of FA the next, like... 80s to 20s, 70s to like points nearly in the single digits. She is so inconsistent, but has that ceiling that only you know two other rocks can really hit. If she gets cons- her game together and manages to nail down a consistent role, need to pick up mid-season because she just goes on a tear. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing because we spent. I feel like we spent a lot of time in season six talking about her, and she was someone that I was mentally setting aside to uh, consider in season seven, but. The, the numbers just aren't kind of stacking up in the way I had hoped. So 
she's probably not going to come into my side either. I think the big thing for, for Zanka was even even though they're, they're kind of competing for mid-spots, she was still fourth in percentage for CBAs last season for Melbourne. I think the big thing for her is kind of putting her game together more consistently. She is a very, very good stoppage player, either as a ruck or as a midfielder. I just... I don't know what has to click. Like, I'm not good enough at analysing kind of what midfielders necessarily need to be doing. But if that clicks for her at any point, she looks like the second best midfielder at Melbourne, which is already an elite well, midfielder. we saw on the weekend that Melbourne were running, what, Tyler Hanks and, and uh, Eliza West as their primary two midfielders. And they've probably got about six other players who could go through there. We're pretty hot on uh, Kate Hall getting some midfield time. You've got Paxman. You've got Mithin. You've got Purcell. I, I really yeah. wouldn't be too hopeful. I, I think she she's pretty good tank on her. She could probably sit out on that wing. She also sits behind the All-Australian ruck in Lauren Pierce. So her rucking, her ability to play full-time in the middle is very limited. I agree with you there, Jono. Great player, wrong team. One player I don't mind is Brooke Brown at North Melbourne. Uh, the fact that uh, she's listed as a ruck, but is probably going to play mostly as a defender because they've got a couple other rucks in Emma Kim and uh, Kim Rennie. So I think she'll probably be playing out of that back line with Jess Duffin missing a lot of... Uh, well, with Jess Duffin departing the team, they're going to need a little bit more experience and leadership back there. Between her and Emma Carney, I see that as one who could potentially pick up a bit more ball. Yeah, I also the, my problem is I also worry that it may go the other way, that she may be required to do more of a, a lockdown role. We know they've got Jazz Ferguson back there, but I worry that she may be used as a tall defender who doesn't get much of the ball. So it, it'll be interesting to see how her role in that team uh, fits and whether it is a fantasy-friendly role because at the price that she's at, it needs to be a fantasy-friendly role to make it worth paying up for a, a player of her price. Yeah, I can see that. I don't mind the kickouts though. True. If she starts taking, if she starts taking the kickouts, that's a, a big boost for any player, well, let alone a yeah. rock. Well, she took a hundred percent. She took a hundred percent against Adelaide, which is yeah, tempting. Yeah, very tempting. It's definitely one to watch. I think the last big ruck there is Talia Hickey from the Brisbane Lions. I think she's fantastic at what she does. I worry that on the weekend uh, she was up against Aaron McKinnon. And a lot of what she was doing was just clearing the stoppage, just getting it out front so the lines could burst away. And I don't know, I don't know if that's going to mean any any sort of ball around the stoppage, any tackles for her to get. She's just going to be clearing it forward. Yeah, I agree with that. She's a, she's a really interesting young ruck because there's so much scope for improvement. But I don't think Brisbane's game style suits it. Brisbane, as you say, John, are really a, a burst team. They love to push it out quickly get it clear of the stoppage to get into space for some of their speedier players so Hickey's main job is just going to be to belt it as far as she can away to to put it into the space for those runners so it probably doesn't suit the traditional you know stoppage ruck that does well in fantasy so I think you can probably lock her in for another average around about 55 60 which probably doesn't quite cut it I want to go a little bit cheaper down the list here to look at some players who weren't necessarily the lead ruck last season, but are going to get a little bit more opportunity this year because these are the value rucks that we might be betting on ahead of a, a rookie. One that really stood out to me was Aaron McKinnon, who last season was at the Giants sharing ruck time with Ali Morford, but rucking sole ruck for St Kilda. 
and she looked really, really good. Yeah, Erin McKinnon's a player that I, I've loved watching throughout her time at the Giants, and I think the move to St Kilda will be fantastic for her. Her tap work is elite. Her ability to put the ball where it needs to be for the midfielders is fantastic. The only caveat I have for her is her ability to get the ball around the ground. Erin McKinnon strikes me as an amazing ruck if you've got extra points for hit-outs to advantage. She just doesn't touch the ball enough around the ground. And even if there's like a two or three possession boost at St Kilda by being sole ruck, it's still not enough. Yeah, like she just doesn't show any game there. Yeah. I, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I don't think we need to belabor the point. Yeah, I, I can see the concern. I'm just looking at, I suppose, the tackling pressure that she was putting on last week. And more importantly... Towards the end of last season, she got a few games when Ali Morfitt was out of the side by herself. There were a couple low scores there, but she had an 86. And an 86 is well above what she's priced at. That is that is true, but that 86 was against a ruckless Geelong. Geelong literally did not play a ruck in that game. <laughs> I, I seriously considered bringing in Erin McKinnon as a last round stream just to put her in because I thought she would go big against Geelong, and she did. The only, the only other score that she had that was above 50... In fact, she didn't score above 50 last season. Her second highest score was 48. And that, to me, says that fantastic player, but you're not going to be looking for the value there. Is she going to have that role to herself at St Kilda? Probably. But I think that she's she'll do very similar. In, in her time at GWS, she very, very rarely pushed above 50, even in her All-Australian year. So it really, if you look back through her historical scores, there's not many scores over 50 there. And I think that her value to the team is not in the disposals, it's in the hitouts, And that's why great get for St Kilda, but not really an option for our fantasy teams at this stage. Happy to be proven wrong though, as you say, Liam. It is a big risk. I can see that. But if we switch then to her former partner in crime and Ali Morfitt, who was also a part of the GWS Giants and is off to the Sydney Swans in their expansion year, she's looking like she might lead that ruck setup. Bella Smith is certainly going to be sharing a little bit with her, so not 100% sole ruck time, but she looked very, very good on the weekend. Kicked a goal for Sydney. You love to see that from a from a young ruck. Yes, uh, GWS were really unhappy to lose Ellie Morford. They reckon that she is one of the most naturally talented rucks going about in the competition. Still very, very young. It's only a second season, so she's still 18, 19. But huge potential to be absolutely anything. I think, for me, Morfitt will really benefit from being that sole or main ruck, I suppose, at Sydney this year. But to me, it's more going to be a development year. I think that you'd be looking at Morfitt in a couple of years' time, once she's had a few seasons in the body, to really jump up. Should we add it to our Season 8 lists now? Like we can... Add it to the Season 8 <laughs> list. I think um, one of the other mid-prices that we haven't really talked about is Lauren Baller from Gold Coast. And she was a player that uh, Tara Bahanna, when she came on the show, was really pumping up. She only averaged 45 last season, but she led the competition in hit-outs. So to me, there's scope for her if she can improve that around the, around the groundwork. And that's obviously a big thing for pretty much every one of the rocks that we've talked about. I think she's one of the options to potentially really jump up in, in her average, either this season or in seasons to come. My concern with her from watching the preseason game is that she looked like she was playing second mm. ruck to Yeah, it's, Dupai, it's interesting that... Dupay. Um, and I'm not sure if that's just because of the team structure on the day or if that's something that's going to carry on in Season 7. But if it does, it's probably a no. 
Yeah, that was something that Tara Bahana did bring up, which was that um, Jack DePai was going to help out in that ruck area. I, I'd i be surprised if she did take more of the hitouts than Bella. Bella, to me, is a... She's a pure ruck. You probably wouldn't want her as your, your second forward, whereas in Depay's played a fair bit up forward. So I think in the main season, Bella will probably be that main ruck. Mm. But if it does suggest that Bella won't be soul rucking like she has in previous seasons, that is, as we say, a big red flag. Yeah, I just don't see where the improvement comes from Lauren Bella. Doesn't possess the ball enough. Didn't get into double digits last year. That's the obviously obviously the improvement is if she can start increasing her disposals around the ground, then that's where it comes from. But we can say the exact same thing about Erin McKinnon. So yeah, and I just don't think she's shown the the other thing that you could use to supplement it that McKinnon has, which is maybe a bit of extra tackle pressure, like barely tackles. It's just like where these there are only like a couple of mid price ruck options, and Bella isn't one of them for me. One one that might be a little bit more interesting then is Sarah Lakai over at West Coast. Because last year she was playing second fiddle in the ruck to Paris Laurie, yeah, who uh, has retired, uh, which means that there is a big hole there. We know that not only is Lakai very likely to be rucking uh, Sol Ruck, but there is almost no one that can take over. They had recruited a, a couple young rucks to sort of support her there, but they've both gone down to injury. So there's almost no one that can take over that role. She's going to have that to herself. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be super interesting to see how she goes. She looked promising uh, late last season when she came in to, to fill that ruck role. Not necessarily high scoring, but was contesting really well. So I think she is the sort of player that could end up being a, a bit of a riser. I don't know if she'll go that much higher. She'll probably go from a, a 33 last season to maybe a mid-40s, especially with West Coast being the team that they are. We think that they're probably not going to be one of the... the more competitive team, so we say it a lot, and I particularly say it a lot, but I think she's maybe a season eight prospect. I, I've got to disagree. I, I'm really big on her this year because I think she probably only had one game where she was looking like doing a lot of the ruck, and the rest of them she was stuck up forward in a very, very poor West Coast team. If she's around the ball more, my favorite thing is that she she tackles so hard. Like, if you get tackled by Sarah Lacart, you know about it for like a week. You're going to be sore. She throws her, her weight around, and I love I love watching her play. If she, that's that's where the improvement comes from. Me, it's not so much the hitouts; it's more the, the the tackling around the ground. She'll just be at every stoppage. Yeah, in the one game where she was sole rucking, she had ninety percent CBAs. It was against Geelong. Now Geelong were also running a rookie ruck at that stage and lived fuller. But that's by the by. She managed to get her highest score of the year last year and have more than twenty hitouts. That, to me, says there is 50-point average, maybe 45-point averages here. And I actually think, Will, I'm going to contest you on it. I don't think she's a Season 8 pick because I think that West Coast will recruit another ruck because they realise it's a deficiency. I think it's this year, and this year alone, that you can probably pick her. Well, the actual the thing is they actually did... Rec- they already have recruited the other ruck, which is Zoe Wackfer, so... Oh, Lauren Wackford, I believe, whichever one of the Wackfords that they they drafted first. Uh, they, they have drafted specifically for that. So I can see the point. I just don't see the jump being that high. A 55 against a pretty ruck-friendly Geelong matchup to me suggests that while she can hit those scores, I don't think she's going to be averaging a 55. I think the average is probably high 40s at best. So I think the value might not be there. 
if we just look at the factors that we've mentioned so far that would go into making good luck, they're lowly priced, so she's fifty priced at fifty five grand, so almost just a little bit above rookie price. She's solo ruck in a team that she's not going to be just doing hit out. She's going to be running around the ground as well in a team that's also pretty much going to have to get better. It actually almost sounds like she's got all of the pieces that would suggest that this year she's going to be getting higher scores and is going to be on that money-making train. I think the only tick that she doesn't have is the eye test, which is just sometimes she just doesn't look like she knows where she wants to be at the contest. I'd say that's the only thing she doesn't have. And that's why I think she's probably a risk. Yeah, I know she can learn it this year and she has some really great athleticism stats, but I'm just like, you don't pick a player hoping that they learn stoppages. You kind of, you hope to see that and then they gain the role. Like it's, she's just missing that one final like X factor to mean that she would be better for me if you were going to go above rookie price, you would pick Lakai over a Moody. I just, it's, it's it's close, but it's just not there. Yeah, and and that's where I I agree with all the things. They look right, but to me, a, a, a sole ruck at West Coast doesn't pass the eye test. And she's still only 19, so she's still got a lot of scope for improvement. I'm just not sure that improvement this season is going to make her the fantasy player we want her to be. I look very much forward to round five-ish, when Mel and I are going to be so smug about how well Sarah Lakai has done this season. I will say, Sarah Lakai was one of my favourite players to watch last season, and I would be very happy if you managed to say, very good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for that told you so, because it just means that another player has become a star. It's less of fantasy. We know sense. she's getting 100% CBAs, so that frustration's gone. And if you look at her fixture, the first four rounds, they play three expansion sides, and all three are playing rookie rucks. They don't play Hawthorne, who have a bit more experience to support Lucy Wales if something goes wrong. I, I really see a lot of positives True. here. But she's also, a, I reckon, counts as a rookie ruck at 19. So I think it's a, it's not a... you. She's the experienced ruck that's going to go ahead and dominate the younger opposition. To me, she's... Yes, she's probably going to at least draw even with them, but I don't see her going, oh, fantastic, this is a game where you can bank a 70 or 80 because she's going to get 40 hit outs. Look, if I wasn't so hot on Celine Moody, I would be on the Sarah Lakai train. Absolutely. I, I can't afford Celine Moody, so Sarah Lakai, I will admit, even though I've been talking about it, <laughs> is probably someone that I would consider oh, in this man. price range. How Will, how expensive is Sarah Lakai that she's taking up 100% of your budget? You have not made the choice to be able to afford her. Correct. That is but not even the if same I... as uh, you can't afford her. You definitely could if you wanted to. Don't I get could. out of this by saying, oh, I the don't. money just doesn't work for me. <laughs> My salary cap's t- like a million dollars less than yours. Oh, I'm sorry, that's guys. It. That's the reason why. <laughs> when I fail this year, that's why. Because my salary cap was <laughs> was a dud. <laughs> Um, so we've we've been pretty hot on on the rookie rucks, of course. Liam, you've been a big exponent for for rookie rucks. Who have you got at the moment as your rookie ruck option? So my rookie ruck option at the moment is Tamara Luke at Hawthorne, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that she is a more experienced body and is a focal point for Hawthorne as well as a forward. And she looked to really move around the ground and impose her will on. Richmond in a game that Hawthorne kind of got blown off the park for at least two quarters. Um, 
and I think I was I was very hot on the bombers and I was very hot on GWS. I'd say I'd cooled on the bombers and also Liz McGrath at Port Adelaide, if only because at the practice game there was no single ruck, there was no soul rucking going on. Um, and that's why I've kind of cooled on them. And Tamara Luke is the rookie price right that I currently have in my side. Yeah, I've got Tamara Luke as well, and I think that the fact that she has not necessarily a set role, but she has a clear role outside of rucking, I think is the best thing. Because a lot of these rookie rucks, if they're not rucking, they're either sitting in a forward pocket doing very little or on the bench. So the fact that she is playing as one of their main forwards, to me, is a a really promising sign. She is an excellent contested mark, which I really liked on the weekend. And the Hawks, after being overwhelmed in that first five minutes with three goals kicked, I suppose we flooded back a little bit. And she was probably the one that they looked for for the exit kick maybe maybe half the time so i really like that option so Liam, if you're going the double rookie route and you've got tamara luke who is your second rookie i think it has to be fleur davies if only because she's the only one at gws and i know georgia borge super hot on her yeah you, you ranted about her for a fair while yeah, but she didn't play anything in the ruck after the first quarter. It was like Steph Wales and Jackie Vott and Sophie Alexander chopping out, and we haven't heard anything from the Bombers about why that was the case. She started the first CBA and then kind of disappeared after that. So kind of meant that I've had to cool very rapidly, and I've almost cooled to the point now where I could probably start round one with Celine Moody in my side, just just quietly. I'm not going to say it too loudly because I've been very hot on rookie ruck. I've come around to the idea she looked very good on the weekend. I just, I think that there are just a few too many little mini red flags with the other rookie options to the point where I probably don't pick um, two in my side. Yeah, I'm, I'm also very keen on Fleur Davies. She was regarded as the best ruck option in that draft. Uh, and once again, all of GWS's ruck options have, have disappeared. So basically she's going to, be that be that sole ruck whether she likes it or not almost because they they really don't have many other options and i think it means to me that even if she's not averaging super high scores if you've got her on your bench she's just going to keep generating that money she should probably average you know high 30s low 40s at possibly worst so i think that you you're pretty safe going for fleur davies as a ruck option if you do want someone possibly on your bench just to keep making your money to trade out later on. Yeah, I think she was supported on the weekend by Tiny Evans, who is not a, not a ruck option really. So um, I yeah. like the role. I like they, the role a lot. Yeah, they, they are so short on ruck options. As I said, she almost has to play in the ruck mm. for them. Um, and, and role consistency and... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Job security is really important for for rookie players that you're picking. So I think she's one that really ticks all those boxes. I think Lucy Wells at the Hawks is not a bad shout. She's probably going to be leading that ruck lineup. So I don't mind her uh, as an option either. Tegan Cunningham is probably uh, going to be taking a fair bit of time in there as well. And then Tamara Luke, just whenever the ball goes forward or, um, you know, know, they need a bit more for, For me, with Wales... I do agree. I do agree with you. Even though she is going to take the most of those hitouts, I do see the Cunningham Luke chopouts as possibly a bit of a worry. I think that if you're just putting her on your bench, it's not a, not a big deal. But I think that compared to Davies, 
you just got that slightly less chance to score. And I think the other um, player to name who has the same issue is her sister in Steph Wales, who was the predominant ruck for the Dons in the practice game against Port Adelaide and was also chopping out at in the back line. I think the problem with both Wales as well is they look small. They do not look like they're fully built to play a full season as a ruck, so come with a job security risk. They're still very, very young, but they were at least competitive. Like, I, I see that Lucy Wales was taking some marks, which, you know, and, and doing her best to get tackles, and similar to Vicky Wall, where they've come from another sport that they were dominating, and they're only really picking it up recently. They've only played one or two seasons of football in their entire lives, let alone you know, any inexperience at the national level. So I, I like the sort of growth that they could have, but it, it's a risky investment for sure. And I think the other one, that other name we've got to mention is uh, Liz McGrath, who comes in with a little bit more experience at the AFLW level, and she'll be playing for Port Adelaide, and I think that she'll probably dominate the CBAs there as a ruck. I didn't see necessarily the groundwork that I wanted to see, and that goes the same for the other ruck at Port Adelaide and Olivia Lavicki, who will also come in rookie-priced. Both of them just kind of look to be hit-outs only. And given the experience Port Adelaide in their midfield, have in their midfield and also as forward targets, I don't anticipate they'll be getting many possessions, which is a big risk, as we've talked about through this entire episode. Like, you want to see groundwork to be able to supplement, set a baseline for scores. I, uh, I still haven't seen that Port Essendon game, so I'm, I'm very much relying on how she looked here from you guys and, and glad oh, to know Good that. thing it's online. You can go and watch it. Yeah, one player I wouldn't mind bringing up, she's a little bit above basement price, but still very much in that rookie range, is Zoe Prowse. She's been playing at Adelaide, coming into her second or third season, and on the weekend was taking a lot of ruck time off Caitlin Gould. And I can see this continuing into the regular season because she looked very, very good. Yeah, this is quite an interesting one because it's a bit of a shake-up to the, to the reigning premiers, which we probably weren't expecting because... Last season, as you say, Caitlin Gould was taking most of the most of the ruck hitouts with uh, support from Montana McKinnon. Uh, but with Zoe Prowse coming in to fill that role, it looks like they're going to go for a bit of a reshuffle. I wouldn't be surprised if McKinnon's a bit more on the outer and Gould may sit up forward or just rotate off the bench. But at 30, 31 average last season, but priced at around about, what, 25 or something like that yeah that that 31 was just from the one game price close enough to the rookie price that you don't need too much extra money to jump up to it i think it's not a bad option and one if you are looking for a potential point of difference as well just in that slightly higher than a regular rookie could definitely be one to jump up a bit yeah mckinnon was averaging in the the mid 40s which you could very easily see for the second ruck at adelaide that that zoe price could immediately jump up there if I was going to go off basement price up to Zoe Prowse, I'd find the extra, you know, 10, 15K that would get me all the way to Sarah Lakai. But it's definitely an interesting yeah. one and, and one that I'm yeah. I'm excited to see. I would worry that maybe that job security isn't there for Prowse because McKinnon is, is very solid. It's a hard team to break into the Adelaide one. Plus, Caitlin Gould has been that number one ruck. So it may have just been a case of give her a bit of a run in a practice game, see how she goes, um, which also gives me a bit of worry about that role security all right i think that might do us then for our ruck episode guys i'd love to have one last question for you who are you currently running as your first ruck at the moment mel i might start with you on this one we've you were definitely feeling undecided coming into the episode have we have we settled you in on one particular option 
I started the episode with Tamara Luca's R1 and uh, McGrath from Port Adelaide as R2. And I have ended the episode with Tamara Luke still as R1 and Flo Davies as R2. Okay, definitely go on the rookie rock option. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because I don't have any more money. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind so of funny. decided not to have more money. <laughs> Much like Mel, I've got the exact same combination of Luke and Davies. I did have Davies as my number one rock, but with them coming up against the Bulldogs round one, I'll probably swap that to Tamara Luke. Uh, yeah, I, I've made my team around having the cheaper ruck option, so I haven't left any money. There you go, Liam. I haven't lost the money. <laughs> I've I've not used the money to get a more expensive ruck, and at this stage, I probably won't look to upgrade, but much like both you, Jono, and, and Liam being... Te- I'm so tempted by trying to get up to Celine Moody. It's, it's a really tempting proposition. Yeah, I have currently got Celine Moody as my R1. And I've had it there for a couple yes, of days. Yes, we got it. We got it. Bizarre. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> we Why got him. Get me? I watched. So I watched that Bombers Port Adelaide game live, and it was the fact that there was no soul ruck. That's the thing that scared me off. I think that's actually one of the interesting things is because you've gone when you were going the rookie rucks, you were going a completely different route to to me and Mel. You were really, really strong, as you said, on Georgia Borg, also Liz McGrath. So it's interesting that because you've gone for that different tack, you've you've changed it changed it up a bit. Yeah, if if you want to hear us go on and on and on about Celine Moody, we've got a fantastic Bulldogs episode. I think we would have spent twenty minutes there just just fangirling over how good she's going to be this season. Who are you running, Jono? Who am I running? Oh, I don't even. Do you even need to know? It's going to be Celine Moody. He's, he's running <laughs> Moody and Moody actually, just Celine Moody R one and Celine Moody R two. So imagine going both Moody's. Goodness me. <laughs> If there was a way to get them both on field, that would be amazing. <laughs> At this stage, we basically just need to do a Celine Moody episode, I think. <laughs> I love the rock lineup. It's so interesting. Look, we have to move on. We've now finished all four diff- all four lines, so very excited that those are all out there. If you want to recap, you can go back and listen to all those episodes. But we also have a few articles up on the dub, which you can have a read through each line. And also, we've got a little summary there, a complete guide to the AFLW practice matches from a fantasy point of view. So take a look at those if you haven't already. Uh, next, I think we're going to be running through a bit of a strategy episode, just talking through the different ways that you can set up your team and, and what that might look like coming into this season. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FreeKickWPod. I'm on Twitter at Odds and Steven. I'm on Twitter at LMTom1. I'm on Twitter and Insta as HiMelD. And I'm on Insta at WillH underscore VI. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Cheers, everyone. See ya.